Hi, friend. Did you look for me on Friday? I bet you did because you're good like that. I didn't forget. I was treated to a little getaway. It's been extremely nice. And I'll even put in some pictures because I'm in a really pretty city. But I didn't forget. And I wanted to share something that I thought was very meaningful, especially as we celebrate the resurrection weekend. Friend, I hope you and your family are doing well. And happy resurrection day weekend, week after week, if you see this, the thing is we've got to celebrate the resurrection because Jesus Christ rose, God only son. He put on human body. He died in our place and rose for us. Welcome to Life in Faith Chats. I am your host. My name is Joy. Before I get started, I want you to go and tell a friend. I want you to get your favorite drink and bring your Bible or your digital device to check me and to look things up and to be able to make it more meaningful for you. What are we talking about today? We're talking about Judas. And you might say, huh? We've been having a hallelujah time, getting ready, and why are we talking about Judas? We're talking about Judas so that we can learn some critical lessons. And this may be the most important episode that I've done. Now, we hear about the other disciples. I have not done an in-depth study of them. I think is worthwhile doing because I believe they represent our personality types and characteristics and our faults and our triumphs because God is good that way. He is inclusive and they were representing us. And because the Lord dealt with them, we know that he'll have mercy on us too. Let's talk about a few. For example, we know about Peter. We know that he was impetuous. Do you know anyone like that? Are you like that? We know that Peter loved talking and putting his foot in his mouth, people say. But I think Peter was very expressive and Peter also was very bold. So you see the different balances. There he was one moment saying that he would die for the Lord the next moment he's saying, I don't know him. One moment he's the only disciple that stepped out in faith to get in that water. Can you imagine that? Believing that Jesus was the Messiah and actually declaring that with his mouth. And then we know that when he denied Jesus, not once, but three times, he is also the disciple that went back and went fishing. And when Jesus resurrected, he went looking for him. It's interesting to know that he denied him. He knew about him. He was in his inner circle. Jesus went back looking for him because Peter, God knew his heart. I need you to remember what I said. God knows our heart. And Peter had a bent 
towards the Lord. That's what I believe. Peter knew and he declared that he was the Messiah. He was the son of God. He said that. You can check that. We know that we have Thomas. People like to call him Doubting Thomas. Are you like that? Was he doubting or was he questioning? Was he questioning because maybe he didn't take information from the crowd? Maybe he was more scientific or analytic. And he said, unless I see. Now, mind you, Jesus had warned all of them. But maybe the news was too good to be true. Maybe he needed help with his faith. The Lord didn't condemn him. He told him when he made a special appearance for him and the others, he called him out not to embarrass him, but to answer his questioning, letting us know that questioning doesn't drive the Lord God away. He said, Thomas, put your hands in my nail prints. And he said, blessed are those who don't see, but yet believe. And he kind of exhorted him to be believing. So again, we know that there's hope for us. Who else do we have? We have James, the brother of Jesus, who I wonder if he was with the group, and this is in the Bible, you can check it out, where at some point it said that um, Jesus' siblings didn't really believe in him. I don't think that, I don't know if it was all of them. I wonder if James was in that group, but that may have been the beginning of his story. The ending part of his story, he did not even call himself a brother of Jesus. He referred to him as Lord. He was a servant. So you see, is that you? You started off one way, ended up another way. We have another disciple. We have Nathaniel, who was called by his friend Philip, and he was arrogant. I think he was, because when Philip called him and said he, they had found the Messiah who they had been looking for, Nathaniel's response was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah, arrogance, a little bit of prejudice, pride. Again, Jesus, when he met him, he answered him. He met him where he was and he told him, he said, behold, an Israelite without guile. Jesus said he saw him. I don't know what that entails. My personal opinion, didn't get it from the Bible. I'm inferring. Jesus saw Nathaniel doing something that maybe he shouldn't have been doing. Maybe when he said, behold, an Israelite without any guile or any sin, or maybe he would say, I saw what you were up to, Nathaniel, and you're not perfect. But Nathaniel was one of the disciples. So you see, I didn't go through the 12. We've got different representatives of characteristics and personalities. If one of them weren't you, maybe you know someone who's like that. There's hope for us. Jesus did not select perfect people. Glory, glory to God. That's how come we're included. And then there's Judas. 
I didn't take the time because I started and I started nodding and I was like, I want to be able to tell my friends to find out how Judas's invitation was. But these are some things in meditating this week that we call the Holy Week that has come to an end as we celebrate Easter Sunday. I've been meditating on some things about Judas that I think we can use every day and we can make a prayer to God. Now, let me start. Judas was chosen or invited to be part of the 12 that hung around Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, God in flesh. Think about that for a moment. You know how a lot of times we think, oh, if only I can get next to God or he could show me a sign or I could see him or I could touch him or he could appear right here in this difficulty or this joy with me or this triumph with me. Judas had that, y'all. Judas was with the 12 disciples. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. They slept in the same place together. They ate together. Judas saw the miracles. Judas was in that boat. He saw him walk on water. Judas was with them. He saw him call Lazarus forth. Now, we might be thinking, if I had all of that, I wouldn't have problems. We do. We all know, even if we aren't believers yet, we know that there are some things that have happened that it had to be but God. We know that. We've seen him display his glory in different ways. We may not have touched him physically, but we've seen and felt or been the recipient of the mercies of God. Think about that for a moment. We all have. Think about it, be honest, and let's give God the glory. So Judas had all of that straight to the point where he had to have been near. Again, this is Bible. He had to have been near where Jesus sat because Jesus said, the one who dips the bread, I'm saying bread, that's not the Jewish, correct Jewish name, the bread in the cup with me for the Passover meal. He is the one who would betray me. So Judas must have been sitting right next to him. So then the question comes to my mind, what happened to Judas? Why was he different? And different in the sense of his characteristics and personality and different in the sense that Jesus said something about him that he didn't say about the other disciples who messed up. Peter, who denied him. Thomas, who doubted him. Nathaniel, who was arrogant. And we can go on because we know they made messes every day because they were human. For Judas, he said, it would have been better if he was never born. That is huge. And then that comes to choice. But how does this come to us as people get ready to put on their best Easter attire and their Easter hats 
and some are making Easter dinner. And even if you're watching this after Easter, friend, or listening to it, what can you take from this? Let me tell you what my prayer has become inspired by Judas's choice and interaction. It is God Almighty, open my eyes that I do not, that I do not so desire my way that I completely ignore all that you've shown me to prove to me, to draw me to you as God. Our prayer, Lord, take the scales from my eyes to behold you in your glory daily. Take a stony, unbelieving heart from me where it is not my will, but I cried thy will as you did as you were in agony in that garden in human flesh saying, God, do I have to do this? Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And here's the biggie. God, help me not to exchange you for 30 pieces of silver. Do we deal with silver? No. But we deal with compromises. God, help me not to exchange you for the temporary things of this world, for temporary benefits to get ahead. God, help me so that I don't exchange you for something that doesn't satisfy. I don't compromise on morals where I maybe cheat or lie when it's not seen where more than that, I betray the Son of God because I believe that you're only there to satisfy my physical needs and I don't recognize you as God. I can't repeat that again, but I can say it this way. Judas was so into what he thought could promote him that he went to those high priest and religious leaders who were already plotting to kill Jesus, who would have found a way to do it on their own. They already said, we're going to get rid of him. They, had, they were already coming up with a lie. They did not need Judas to betray the Lord. They didn't need him. Judas went out of his way, left the disciples, left sitting next to Jesus to go look for 30 pieces of silver to enrich himself or to come up with some gimmick. And he was so blinded to the fact that he had been hanging out with God. That is scary. That is alarming. That is us. Now, I'm not talking about losing our salvation. I'm talking about us being radical, being sincere and honest, and saying, God, in the areas where I'm missing you, open my eyes and draw me next to you so that I'm not deceived 
or deceiving. So I'm not blinded by the things of this world or worldly spirit so that I'm not making deals and I'm missing out on closeness, on intimacy with you. And that 30 pieces of silver can be relationships. It can be unforgiveness. It can be deceitfulness. It can be a hardened spirit. It can be so many different things where we compromise and we try to twist the hand of God and we try to think that we can do things our way and that God will work it out in the end because I really believe that Judas thought that I've seen him do these miracles. I am not sold out to him. He's convenient for me. He will defend himself. He can get rid of all of these people and then I'll be okay. I can do this both ways. I can be lukewarm. And what I've been reminded by and kind of pushed by the Holy Spirit, that's not the word I want to use, where the Holy Spirit has been telling me it is not a time of compromise right now. We need to make up our mind. If God is God, we need to serve him. And if we're struggling, when Jesus said, the person who dips their hand with me you're going to um, betray me. He said that to Peter also. They each had a chance to do what he asked. He said, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. Or the other choice was to say, God, I am weak, I'm miserable. Please help me so that I don't betray you. I need you. Like the thief on the cross later on saying, remember me, your kingdom. I know I'm a sinner. Where did Judas miss it? Judas wanted to not only do things his way, Judas also, even when he realized it and went back and returned the money, and when he told them, I've betrayed innocent blood, he also did not believe in the mercy and the goodness of the one he had been hanging with to believe that his depth of love, that God's grace could cover his sin. Judas wanted it to be like how we say, there are many ways to God. I can do things my way. God knows I'm a man. He can check off the good against the bad. Friend, Easter tells us that it doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ said there is only one way. Judas missed it, not because he was so bad. The other disciples had their ups and downs too, but they were convinced in a small way. Jesus told them they had little faith. They were convinced that this is it for us. And even when they ran away, they still went and hoover together saying, he's gone, what are we going to do? We don't have a second option. Judas was looking for another way. Did you get me? He was looking for another way. 
He didn't believe in the depths of God's grace and he did not convince himself that Jesus was who he said he was, else he never would have betrayed him for temporary gain. Friends, I hope your Easter either was or is amazing. And I hope you pray with me where we say, God, Son of God, don't let me sit next to you and miss who you are. Reveal to me who you are daily and help me, Holy Spirit, to choose you, to choose to serve you, to choose to recognize and worship you as God. And please deliver me from a spirit of compromise, deceptiveness, and blindness so that I don't miss you. Put me on that narrow path that you talk about and give me the intimacy with you because you came for me to have a relationship with God. Dear friends, God bless you. We have been resurrected from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light. Let's celebrate together. Let's allow God to help us to worship and honor his son and be grateful for this unspeakable gift. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for waiting for me. Thank you for being a subscriber and a supporter and a friend to Life and Faith Podcast. Peace.